0: 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates.
1: Well, hello, everybody. Uh, Thanks for being with us. If you're with us here on uh, our morning video stream, great to have you along. If you're with us on the radio side, equally great, if not even greater, to have you along. It is the Patrick Johnson Show. We are uh, less than 48 hours away from our coverage beginning and from kickoff of East Carolina and Michigan, number two in the land from the big house in Ann Arbor. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, another season of Bushlight Pirate Game Day Countdown. This uh, is a tradition that dates back to 1989. Pilk, I was even young in 1989. The great Philip the Ref Pilkington producing today's uh, show. You, I know you can't believe it. I wasn't hatched like this. I'm actually, I was a kid once, Bill. Can you, you, are you buying that?
2: There was a little PJ one day. I guess I have to buy it because we got to talk (laughs) to your, we got to talk to your middle school football coach yesterday. So that means the P man was in middle school at one point.
1: Yeah. Uh, The great David Sawyer uh, yesterday with us on the Patrick Johnson show. Uh, It looks like, you know, by and large, uh, we got out of this deal with uh, uh, Idalia in North Carolina pretty clean. Uh, particularly in Greenville and particularly uh, in vast parts, I think down in the Sandhills uh, around Fayetteville and some of those uh, Southern and Southeastern um, counties in North Carolina, maybe uh, have some, some problems. And I know there's a little bit of concern with the high tide coming in uh, this morning, earlier this morning that, uh, you know, maybe uh, there might be a little bit of uh, a flooding due to that, but um by and large, everything uh, turned out pretty well. So uh, we're all happy for that. And uh, now we we uh, get ready for the month of September starting tomorrow, which uh, usually possesses our uh, peak in hurricane season. So it's uh, one of the facts of life in living in uh, eastern North Carolina, but uh, it is what it is. Okay, on the show today, uh, Jim Zoki with the Panthers Radio Network and the Interim 2023 Voice of Pirate Football, uh, you'll hear Zoke this weekend along with Andrew Bays, Macy O'Donnell, David Horn, Philip the Ref Pilkington on uh, the ECU Sports Network coverage of uh, Pirate Football. And uh, they'll take the air on 107.9 WNCT and the stations up and down the uh, network dial at uh, 11 a.m. We'll be on the air at 9 a.m. with the Bushlight Pirate Game Day Countdown. And we'll have uh, contributions on that from Dom Kasalki and Philip the Ref Pilkington. We'll also have uh, during that particular uh, broadcast, yours truly in the host chair, uh, we'll have uh, the great Terrence Copper back with us, NFL veteran, pirate football legend, as the great Ben Byram dubbed him, and uh, Washington Pampak all-timer, legend in Washington. And uh, Joe Sampson will be with us uh, this year on our uh, coverage. Looking forward to having Joe. He's done great work on Hoist the Colors. Tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show, we mentioned Andrew Bays. He'll be with us. Uh, so we'll be back at 10 in the morning tomorrow on the video feed. Bays will join us. We'll hear from Coach Houston. May even play a little Hold My Beer
2: tomorrow. Maybe. I'm hoping Maybe. we do. I've got, I've got one this week. I, I need to play okay. Hold My Beer this week.
1: Okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. And uh, hopefully Bays, we'll keep Bays maybe for an extra segment and he'll do that. How's that sound, Pilk? Sounds great. Sound pretty good to you? Yeah. Okay. I'm in. We'll we'll, we'll consider doing it. Uh, Rose football moved from tonight to tomorrow. I think a lot of the Thursday games that were scheduled for tonight in advance of the Labor Day weekend have been moved. When did this become a thing? I know it started kind of up in the triangle. Uh, within the last decade, but now everybody else is doing it where you play the Thursday before Labor Day. I, I'm not here for that, Pilk, if with high school football. Am I wrong on that?
2: No, I'm with you. I mean, it's it makes the JV kids play Wednesday. It's just weird. Um, it kind of makes you have not two full days of practice because now your Thursday practice, your walkthrough, gets moved to Wednesday for varsity. And yeah, it just throws a kink in the week. I don't really like it. Uh, I was fortunate enough; we did not have any scheduled Thursday games in my uh, time playing varsity football. So uh,
1: it's definitely something that is new. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if we. Did. I'm sure we did played on a Thursday, or ended up playing on a. You know, I remember some high school games on Saturday, when the Patriots of Parrot Academy once upon a time won the uh, first eight man football state championship in 1990. That was on a Saturday. I remember that very well. And um, I was a kid then too, Pilk. And so, uh, you know, that's, that is, uh, but, but Thursday, I'm just not down with the Thursday game last year on uh, TV for the package of Friday night rivals. We did a Thursday game uh, because of that. And then I, like a dummy did a Friday game on radio last year because i can't say no uh i have to hear the sound of my own voice as you know pilkington so uh we've got tomorrow uh six o'clock will be on uh andrew Bay's, but then on friday at five in our normal uh radio slot we've got the uh, one and only the uh, great steve logan Pilk, uh, what uh, you guys are tomorrow ought to be your bailiwick. second week. Any kinks have been worked out? You got the blues queued up, so tomorrow at five, it's going to be a big time deal. I have to imagine. Yeah, with uh, Coach Logan.
2: Yeah, for sure. And th- there were no kinks on Coach's end; it was all my end. So that uh, that little speech you just gave was 100 percent directed at me, and uh, I don't Ooh. want to run any more gassers. I had, I had some gassers for him oh. in the parking lot after the uh, after the first show.
1: That was pretty tough, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it's a long time since I've done a gasser, man. Long, long time <laughs> since senior year. So, Logan,
1: uh, Logan, tomorrow. Well, let's let's kind of give you the lineup for the uh, for Friday and, and game day and all of that again, uh, in case you're just joining us uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show. So, tomorrow uh, we will have talk of the town seven to nine, and uh, talk a little bit about uh, football here from Coach Houston. Final moments uh, before the team departs. Uh, at 10 tomorrow on our video platforms for 94.3, uh, YouTube X, Twitter, uh, Facebook will be on with, uh, the PJ show. We'll hear from coach Houston. Again, we will have Andrew Bays on. We'll play a little hold my beer. It looks like, and, uh, all of that good stuff tomorrow, uh, at noon, it is Steven. I go with hoist the colors. Do we know who Steven's got
2: on the show tomorrow at noon? Uh, just Joe Sampson. It's going to be me and Joe. It's going to be a little oh, roundtable right. discussion. And, yeah.
1: Okay. You and Joe back for the roundtable. Okay. And then, uh, five o'clock, Steve Logan on 94.3, uh, PJ show at six on 94.3 as we'll, uh, get, uh, slotted in that hour on Fridays during the football, uh, season was, uh, certainly, uh, glad to see, as we reported to you yesterday, Holt Naylor signed with the practice uh, squad with the Seahawks. Uh, as uh, Pilk updated you yesterday, Ryan Jones with the Giants, Uh, Cornell Powell, J.H. Rose uh, alum and uh, native of Greenville with the uh, Chiefs still, uh, played in some NFL games last year, but he's back on the Chiefs practice squad. I would think we'd see Cornell up on the main roster at some point uh, this season, and uh, good to see Isaiah Winstead latch on with the 49ers in their practice squad. I think Isaiah Winstead maybe in the vein of Cornell Powell's got an opportunity, Pilk. You know, we'll we'll have an opportunity to to kind of stick and be with the the franchise a little bit potentially and could find himself at some point being called up to contribute in a game or two this year. And if not this year, certainly next year. I mean, Cornell's made a pretty good career of uh, taking advantage of his playing time his senior year at Clemson, latched on with the... uh, with the uh, Chiefs and Cornell's got stuff that a lot of people don't have. He's got Super Bowl rings and national championship rings. So not everybody can say they have that Pilk.
2: No, they cannot. I would say very few. I'd like to know the number of players that have won both. Cause it's, it's gotta be a short list. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it exists and it's out there, but it's not as great as you might think it is uh, that number. So we'll do a little research on that and pick that up at, uh, at some point. Um, we're going to hear from the coordinators coming up in our next segment. Uh, so stand by for a pirate report, and we will uh, hear from Blake Harrell and uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick in uh, in that uh, to, from yesterday. We'll, we'll hear from them coming up in a, in a little bit. Uh, Matt Corral, as we uh, told you yesterday, speaking of NFL cuts, we're going to talk to Zoki a little bit about this coming up. Uh, near the bottom of the hour. But, uh, you know, the Corral thing, again, to me, is interesting because did we ever find out, did he indeed get signed to the practice squad, Pilk, or is that still, he has to go through the waivers process today before he might find himself uh, signed with the practice squad as we're talking here in the morning?
2: Yeah, because he was actually on contract, and he was not just a, um, you know, just like an unsigned guy. He does have to go through the full waiver process And obviously, if he clears that, which you never know. I mean, hey, there's a lot of guys, teams know they're 53, but you know, anything can happen, then we would think he would come back to the Panthers practice squad. But uh, I don't don't know exactly how long the waiver process is this week. I think it's slightly different than than normal weeks. So uh, maybe we can ask Zoki about that one.
1: Yeah, we'll uh, get to Zoki coming up in a little bit. Zoki, by the way, spending today in uh, Greenville, and he's going to dinner reportedly tonight with uh, the 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 big hen. The big hen's popping for dinner tonight. How about
2: that? I must ask Big Hen if I can tag along to that one. <laughs> <laughs> you need
1: to, right? I mean, you need to. Hey, it is uh, football season, and you can download the new IBX Media app for free right now. Just go to uh, Google Play or the uh, App Store. And uh, that's where you will find uh, the all-new uh, IBX Media app. Just type that in. You'll get this station, 94.3 The Game. You get a live stream, no pre-roll ads. Also, you'll stream our other great stations, Talk 96.3, Marconi Finalist for Station of the Year, uh, 1037 WTIB, 107.9 WNCT, and Oldies 941 as well, all streaming on the IBX uh, Media app as uh, you can uh, do that just in time for football season and hear all of our great uh, programming during the week and on game day Saturdays. All right, uh, time out here on the PJ Show for this Thursday, final day of the month. We're taking a quick time out. And when we return, we're going to have for you, ladies and gentlemen, a Pirate Report. Stay tuned.
0: We are. We are. We are riding shotgun with you on the drive home. It's showtime. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on ninety four three The Game.
1: Okay, uh, welcome back in on the Patrick Johnson Show. Monday is Labor Day, but we will be laboring. No holiday here. Uh, Steve and I go. will have hoist the colors for noon on ninety four three The Game, and our streaming video platforms uh we will take to the air with the pj show on the video platforms at two and then uh replay uh that for you at five o'clock with uh, fresh information of course pilk will be making sure of that and then coming up at uh uh six o'clock on monday we'll have inside pirate athletics with uh coach houston should be uh a lot of fun. Steve and I go, and I will be back out at uh, tiebreakers and Bram Anderson there with uh, three locations in Pitt County. Okay, uh, so that is uh, the uh, the lineup for Monday. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to the game and the start of the college football season. A couple teams play tonight uh, in our uh, region. Actually, some some lot of interesting games. Four that I would say uh, that have caught my eye. Just and, and again, two of them just because they're in state. Uh, Elon at Wake Forest isn't is going to be much of a game and then I, I am a little intrigued by North Carolina State at UConn although I think uh the, the the pack unless the quarterback situation's a total disaster should win on the road tonight uh I'm anxious to see not because of the opponent but you know UCF we're going to see what they're uh, made of here so they're going to start uh things anew tonight uh and then uh of course, it's very interesting. Florida going to number 14, Utah. Utah's real physical. Florida, we're going to find out early on in the season. That's a big test for them at 8 o'clock tonight on the ESPN. So uh, just some games I'm interested in at least uh, tonight. All right, let's uh, do our uh, pirate reporters. We'll hear from the coordinators uh, for ECU on the defensive side, starting with Blake Carroll and Donnie Kirkpatrick on the offensive side.
0: And now Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, ninety-four-three, the Game.
1: Mike Harrell uh, saying that not much will change with Michigan's offensive coordinator out.
3: Obviously, the, the, new, the new play caller was at ODU, so you go back and look at tough a little bit in his background. Um, I think actually going back to our uh, Lenore Ryan days, he was the offense coordinator of Augustine Broderick's. We played them back in, I think, uh, 2013. So uh, the history there goes back pretty ways. But I don't think it changes who the players are, who their identity is, or what they really want to do with football.
1: Kirk Campbell will be the guy calling plays on Saturday. Uh, Blake Harrell, when asked about how the clock not stopping on first downs will affect
3: the defense, great question. When we, uh, we get the lead, then that clock just runs as fast as possible and we play as very few snaps as possible defensively. You know, I think, you know, really the big thing for us defensively looked at is probably going to take about five snaps, is what they're, they're estimating uh, average on, on defensively. So if you play an average of 64 snaps, now you're going to play about 59 more than the NFL model. Um, but other than that, you know, the clock still stops inside of two minutes, pretty normal there. Uh, so you might play a few less snaps a game. Uh, other than that it's not going to have much impact defensively. Like how we, we go about our business or how we um uh, maybe call the game or affect things there um, but so you know offensively those guys may look at it differently but defensively you just kind of always react to what you get anyways
1: gotcha all right uh, more from blake harrell he talks about the team looking forward to this opportunity on saturday
3: i, I think our whole team does you know our whole team is is uh you know, excited about the opportunity. I was respect, respect our opponents and respect the O-line and uh, the offense and who they are and what they've been able to accomplish. Uh, but they're excited for the opportunity to go play against an line like that. and Play against uh, you know, the O-line who's won the, the top O-line in the nation in the last two seasons. And uh, certainly got the dudes to do it again. And uh, but they're excited for that challenge to see where they're at and see how they match up against those guys. So, and I think that's across the board, not just their O-line, but uh, Blake Corum, Devontae Edwards, the receivers, You know, all those guys. Uh, they're excited to go play some, you know, the best in the nation. So, just see where they're at.
1: Blake Harrell says that the Pirates uh, can't play Michigan the same way the entire game.
3: You know, they do obviously do a really good job running the football. And, um, you know, they got two good tailbacks to do that, a good old line to do that. Uh, so, we got to have various ways to take care of the run game. And I think, you know, where they get a lot of the running yards, if you go back and watch the tape, is in the second half. They just kind of wear on people. And then wear them down in the fourth quarter, you'll see a 10-10 ball game. All of a sudden you look up and it's 31-10. And then just kind of when somebody Somebody misses a gap. And uh, they, they have the ability to break it out and take it to the house. Uh, so you got to have various weapons to take in. I don't think you can sit there and, and play them, you know, one way all game. Or at least that, that's not our philosophy right now. Uh, Coach Harold talked about the experience of his safeties.
1: Julius Wood and, and Tegan
3: both experienced football players uh, started a bunch of games in, in, in pirate uniforms and uh, just the way they communicate the way they run things in the back end and you kind of look to those guys for their leadership not only just to uh, get us lined up you know communicate back there and, and kind of run the secondary but also just when adversity hits those guys have been through that and, and they kind of take charge and take pride of hey I've been through this I've been battle tested and other guys feed off that you know when Julius Woods uh, rolling, going, and Tegan Wilkes, you know, on his game, it kind of feeds think You see the other 11 guys. And you see that up front, too. You know, those those front four have had that same experience. Um, they've been battle-tested. They've played in big ball games. And, um, you know, it's the same, same deal. They're going to recall those experiences to pull back from. All right.
1: Uh, final one here from Blake Harrell. He talked about the communication between the players and the coaches.
3: We always ask those guys, "What do you feel comfortable with?" You know, hey, you know, what's? I asked my guys yesterday, like, "Hey, what do you? What's the most comfortable defense if you had to know? Like, here's the one call we can get into, we can play any look we see, and they'll give it to you." And I think that's very important as a coach that you kind of get get a feel for their comfort level. Obviously, you know, you're going to put them in the best situation to be successful. Uh, but if they don't feel comfortable in it, you know, there, there's probably a reason why.
1: All right, time to hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick, Pirate Offensive Coordinator, and uh, he asked what are his big concerns when dealing with the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, they got
4: really good players. You know, defensively, I think what he gave up, 16 points a game last year. Now, that was last year's team, I get that, but they got most of them returning. They, they did lose some players, but, you know, programs like that, they, they just reload. I think they've lost, what, three games in two years or something like that, so they're, they're used to winning. They're used to having success. That means that... Uh, the recruiting well.
1: Also, uh, we are hearing uh, from Donnie Kay on uh, not having Michigan not having a lot of film, any to speak of, really, on uh, the Pirate quarterbacks. Is there any advantage?
4: Well, they have, you know, and, and so that I guess that's something maybe they're trying to research. You know, I don't know that that's a positive for us. That that means our guys haven't been playing very much. You know, it's probably better to have experience. Uh, like that, but, uh, you know, we're looking for every way you can. We're looking for any kind of advantage. All
1: right. More from Donnie Kirkpatrick, who says, uh, that the first game is always a little crazy. The thing about the first games, it's always
4: a little crazy. Anyhow, you're kind of sparring at the beginning, trying to figure out, you know, is that the same team like I say, we, we opened up North Carolina state last year. They had been a great defense the year before. We were expecting a really good defense, which they turned out to be. But you're still getting in there trying to figure out, have they stayed with the same scheme? Have they have they put in new things? Have they moved people around? And usually they have, and, and they had, And I'm sure Michigan will have some new things for us as well like that. So uh, I think our guys will be excited. You know, I think that's maybe an edge. I don't know how – I mean, they'll be excited to play. They're, they're probably not – their fans probably not thinking, wow, we're playing East Carolina. You know, whereas our fans and our players are here and, hey, y'all are going to play Michigan. This is pretty cool. Uh, So, if anything, hopefully we'll be be excited. Maybe we'll be more excited than them if that's possible.
1: Okay, uh, more from Donnie Kirkpatrick here. He says uh, that the game has changed and that teams use a lot more personnel because it has. The
4: game has changed so much anyhow because everybody's personnel and things now. It looks like a hockey game out there anyhow. You know, there's side changes or whatever that thing is. So, you know, we have 10 personnel, you have 11 personnel, you have 13 personnel, uh, you, you know, you have 20 personnel, but now even you have 11 Jari. you know, and you have 11 juice and you have, okay, I want this personnel, but I want this player in to make sure, you know, or I want to play, these two guys, though, they may be listed at the same position because, you know, you're a guard, you're a forward, you're, you're a center, you know, you get, you're an infielder, whatever you are now, it's getting more like that. You're, you're a mid-infielder, you know what I'm saying? Or you're a pitcher, but you may start, you may not start. Everybody's doing multiple things. The game has got a lot more open, a lot more basketball-like, you know, like that. A lot of guys can bring the ball down the court now, you know what I'm saying?
1: Okay, uh, we're going to hit these last two here. I think uh, the absolute last cut might be a little long for our segment here, but uh, Donnie Kay when asked about as he nailed down the five starting offensive linemen.
4: I think we probably separated up front who's going to play the majority. Uh, Coach Mulgridge is from the school, and, and I am too, that we'd like to play more offensive linemen. In the past four years since we've been here,
1: it's been do we have
4: five today?
1: And uh, the best players step up in big moments, like the one presented to ECU on Saturday since coach Donnie Kay. The good players
4: usually come to the top. The bigger the situation, the bigger the game, you know what I'm saying? Uh, But we're getting ready to find out because we're going to get tested just like we did last year, though. I mean, Norgon State proved to be one of the best defenses in the country you know, throughout the season. And that was after the Ulster quarterback. They didn't do much offensively either. They stepped, you know, kept putting people down. So we'll have another tough challenge like that. You know, we'd love to be playing at home. You know what I'm saying? I wish we were playing here. We're playing up there. But again, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's going to be a better thing. It'll be fun.
1: Okay. Uh, that is it for today's Pirate Report. It's brought to you by Team Boneyard, ECU's NIL Collective. We're going to take a break. And uh, when we return, following a little bit of an update here, you will uh, hear Jim Zoki, who will join us. Always a good time whenever we have Jim Zoki as a member of the program. Zoki, how's it going? Doing well. You sound louder today for some reason. Well, I'm enthusiastic. I think it's I'm adequately <laughs> caffeined up, and uh, I think that might be part of it today. Uh, the great Jim Zoki from the... Uh, plus, I'm controlling the audio today, so that probably helps a little bit, too. It was as if you were yelling. I did not know if
5: you were just yelling or if you were just that excited that football season is fun.
1: I think it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B there. I think, uh, you know, there's clouds and I'm an angry old man, so i got to yell at them. So that's that's part <laughs> it of a it. There's a lot of clouds this week. <laughs> yes, there are a lot of it's clouds. Big, big fast-moving clouds. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the great Jim Zoki with us here today on the Patrick Johnson Show. We are... Uh, Inside, well, we're actually a little closer to 36 hours. We're uh, 40-some-odd hours away from a kickoff in Ann Arbor, Michigan, between East Carolina and number two-ranked Michigan in the preseason. Uh, The great Jim Zoki will be there as part of the ECU Sports Network this year as the uh, play-by-play man for pirate football this season. Uh, Zoki also with the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. He gets a reprieve this Labor Day weekend from – some of those duties uh he'll be back on panther talk monday uh you'll hear that at seven o'clock on our uh, sister station 1037 wtib all right zoke uh let's start with the panthers nfl cut day yesterday a lot of uh pirate nations excited because keaton mitchell the speedster made the uh, final roster with the uh ravens ravens yeah yeah which was Pretty good. He had some electrifying runs in the uh, in the preseason. As far as the Carolina Panthers, nothing real surprising, I would say, for what they did. Uh, I guess maybe not surprising, but just a little curious that you signed Deion Jones one month and then you ditch him the next.
5: Yeah, and that's that whole um, performance based thing. You know, Dion Jones, you know, was a higher draft pick with Atlanta made the Pro Bowl one year as a backup. And then um, it's kind of like diminishing returns. Last year he was started out with Atlanta, went to Cleveland. Cleveland didn't retain him after the season. Uh, The Panthers bring him in and let him go, obviously, as he said. So, uh, again, not that, you know, his career is, you know, completely headed in one direction, but uh, he does need to, you know, if he wants to keep it going, kind of pick it up a little bit. And I think someone like, you know, Camus Grugier-Hill stepped up and had a really nice training camp who was brought in as a, you know, late 20s guy, he's 29 years old, brought in for special teams, he will be. But, you know, he had like four interceptions down in Spartanburg, yeah. one of them in the joint practice sessions with the Jets down there. So he made plays and he stood out. He did some things to kind of impact this team in a positive way. So I think, you know, some guys, you know, earned roster spots there. And that's kind of what is cool about having a new coaching staff, even though they brought him in as kind of one of their guys. And if they saw something better that could help the team out better, you know, they, they didn't, you know, nobody was like, you know, granted anything as far as just having that opportunity. And someone like Chandler Wooten was a guy that they liked a little bit better. Uh, so they kept him, and um, he's been around the league for a little bit, and uh, now he's got a chance to be on the 53-man roster. So I think it came down to, you know, Jones or Wooten kind of for that last spot.
1: So in the five years we've been doing this show, and we've had you on uh, a lot of those times, uh, you've been good enough to join us. Uh, this the, the theme to me with the Panthers – no matter whether the season was an abysmal disaster or there was a ray of hope or what was going on in Carolina, uh, the end of the Riverboat Ron era, regardless of what was going on, uh, there always seems to be not enough offensive linemen in Charlotte uh, to play. (laughs) So I'm just, again, I I don't even know if this rises to curiosity, just maybe a a little slight eyebrow raise that uh, they ditched the tackle Cameron Irving because he had played a little bit.
2: Yeah, you know,
5: Michael Jordan's kind of seen same boat. These guys are veterans. And, you know, in the case of Irving, he's, he was a first-round pick out of Florida State by seven yeah. years ago. Yeah. He bounced around at all the different offensive line positions, a number of different teams. Uh, but he just never settled in as a starter. So his value kind of became like the guy that you your sixth, seventh guy, as uh, of well as the lineman that could be a spot starter for you and, and give you some depth. I think they decided to make that more like, well, let's build with some of the guys. You know, Cade Mays was a draft pick last year. Nat Jensen, one of the uh, undrafted free agents that they brought in, so I think there were certain things they liked in other ones that maybe they'd be like a higher upside, mm-hmm. and they're younger, maybe less injury-prone, that kind of stuff. So I think they're they're just kind of looking in that direction of uh, well, let's let's try this, and that you know they could always, and I I would not hold out. By the way, I, I expect them to uh, probably add another veteran offensive lineman. Right. Once we see you know they're sifting through the cut down list from yesterday, wouldn't it surprise me if a move isn't made to add to that but you know ricky lee was another one who's like a young guy that they like his raw talent and potential and i think they're afraid of putting them on the practice squad that somebody else might take them so uh, that's kind of where they are right now but wouldn't surprise me if they don't add a a veteran
1: jim zoki carolina panthers radio network and uh, the interim ecu play-by-play voice on football on radio this year on the uh, ecu sports network jim with matt corral you know, it was interesting. Uh, there was some talk that he might have been waived. He was on the 53-man, and then all of a sudden yesterday, right before our show, word got out that uh, he had been waived. If he clears waivers, uh, reportedly he'll be signed to the practice squad. So what can we make of Matt Corral's future in Charlotte? With him, he didn't get to play. He had a redshirt
5: year last year. He had hurt in the first preseason yeah. game. Yeah. Third-round draft pick. Um, Scott Fitterer was there for that but a different coach. Uh, but I think – they're not quite sure what they have, but they like the progress they've seen with Matt Corral and with the rule being different, where you can have an active third quarterback. If a better option appears for that role of being the third quarterback behind Bryce and behind Andy Dalton, I think you know they'll look at that. But I think they kind of, you know, I think they were pleased with the progress. Not a finished product, but. Again, he's just not had a lot of on-the-field reps. You can talk about mental reps all you want, but he had a whole year of them last year with a foot injury. just shaking off the rust and got to play in these three preseason games, and I think he did okay. So I think they're kind of intrigued,
1: and he's athletic. He's got a good arms. He's got a lot of the tools. So I think they kind of want to work with him some more. Jim Zoki uh, with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Let's talk Pirates now, uh, Zoke. So you've called mm-hmm. uh, and been a part of high-profile broadcast, big college games, couple Super Bowls the big house. I know you're pumped to go there.
5: Yeah, I've never done a game there. So I went to college at Bowling Green State University in Ohio. So I already begin with, you know, that school up north in Michigan and all that stuff being from Ohio. Uh, but uh, when I was at Bowling Green, it was like an hour 15 from Ann Arbor. So I think we made two road trips up there and kicked around town, saw the stadium from the outside. But this has been a, my first in the stadium game day experience, as I'm sure it is for a lot of ECU fans, because why would you be there when they've never met before in program history? But I think it's uh, it's, it's going to be a fun bucket list game to go to. Obviously, huge profile playing the number two team. So I, I love major college football. This is a big-time game. So if you're going to get a bit of a gauge for
1: what the 2023 season looks like, let's do it. Let's go up there and uh, and see what the, what ECU's got. I think it's going to be fun. Before we delve into the impressions, uh, your impressions of the Pirates as we're talking to Jim Zoki here, Give me an idea, Jim, on what stands out uh, to you about Michigan, because there's a lot of areas you could point to and say they're really talented here. But is there any one area that you, you really think Michigan's going to be exceptional in? Well, and it, we know they've got the
5: two great running backs. That's probably the first thing you think about is Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. But to me, it's the two lines. It's the offensive and defensive line. And especially if you want to even pare it down, the two guards, Trevor Keegan and Zach Zunner, that's got to be the best tandem in college football. And um, these are all guys that are going to be somewhere in the draft. And then they bring in from the transfer portal, Miles Hinton and Drake Nugent, the center, both out of Stanford to go with Carson Barnhart. I mean, just that offensive line is just a classic, what you expect. And the other story there is, you know, the last two years, they've been voted the best offensive line with the Joe Moore award in college football the last two years, they might win that three years in a row. So you begin with that offensive line that makes JJ McCarthy makes the running backs better. And then you flip it over to the other side on the defensive line. And it's just more of the same. I mean, they're just, obviously they're Michigan and they're loaded and they're talented, but beginning with Chris Jenkins up front. I mean, that's probably a first round draft pick next year. So they're just, they're built inside out, kind of classic Big Ten, big time Michigan football. The way they build it there is old school, and uh, it begins not only with those two lines, but then Patrick, they, they work against each other in practice. For oh, yes. yeah. There's ones and twos, and you mix and match. But there are times when that offensive line is making that defensive line better, and this and that. And they probably, in both cases, outside of maybe the Ohio State or Penn State game, aren't going to see anything comparable outside of what they see in practice. During the week, so that's what makes them so good.
1: So, I'm not so sure how you know Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, being out in this game will impact things. You know, maybe unless it's close, as uh, both Steve Logan and Doug Martin kind of put it eloquently last week. The coordinators are probably would be the most excited about uh, Harbaugh not being uh, available. Uh, because or the head coach not being available in a normal situation because as they joke the head coach wouldn't be meddling and play calling on on game day uh now Sharon Moore out for Michigan I think that may have a little more impact uh, than the maybe the Harbaugh missing uh in in this game am I on I to anything there or, or not really yeah and I've seen it um I've seen it work both ways
5: because we've all lived through COVID so we all know there were like Various levels of coaches, sometimes head coach, assistant coaches that were out during COVID and teams had to kind of put a staff together on the fly. So everybody's had probably, I don't know what Michigan's situation was during the COVID year, Uh, but everybody to some degree got got nicked up by that as far as a coach that would have to sit out here and there. But Kirk Campbell is known as a guy that likes to pass the ball, but I don't know just because you put a different person in there that Jim Harbaugh and Tron Moore are going to take their hands off the wheel of what they were. Last year they were 61-39 as far as run versus pass. Uh, so they're a running team first. Now they've talked about they want to be more pass and right. be more unpredictable, more balanced this year. You know, I don't know that they'll want to reveal all of that necessarily in this first game, in these first three games uh, when they don't have their head coach Jim Harbaugh. But Campbell does have a little bit of a passing preference, so we'll see if that indicates something or not. And, but as we all know, these coaches are all there all week, so both you know, Harbaugh and Moore are there all week, you know, Monday through Friday with the practices and all that stuff. So what they practice is what they're going to do on saturday so that'll all be taken care of and wouldn't surprise me um to a large degree patrick if it's not like the old bill walsh script the first 20 25 plays like they used to do with the 49ers back in the day Mm -hmm. there may be a certain amount of that just to kind of keep it simple and then you know you adjust a little bit situationally but they, they they may script out a lot of it saying this is our template and when needed we'll down in distance we'll change things up a little bit but um I I don't think he's going to have a lot of autonomy as far as changing what they would do normally.
1: Jim Zoki, you'll hear him on this station and 107.9 WNCT starting at 11 Saturday morning with uh, the pregame program for uh, ECU in Michigan. Andrew Baves will join him uh, on the uh, call of that one from the big house. Uh, The entire crew will be there. Our coverage begins at 9 on Saturday morning on 94.3, the game of the IBX Media app with our Bushlight. Pirate Game Day Countdown is Terrence Copper, the former NFL uh, vet and pirate great. And uh, Joe Sampson will be joining me uh, in studio for all of the uh, pregame fun and festivities. The pregame jokes, as they say, in the uh, in the business. Because that's what that's what these pregame shows on TV are, Zo. So just ha-ha fests. That's what they <laughs> are. Chuckleheads. <a> yes. <laughs> chuckleheads. Yeah, chuckleheads. Except, well, an apt description, certainly for me. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> Pirates, what what are you looking forward to seeing with East Carolina what intrigues you the most about the Pirates going into the matchup
5: only everything right so uh, <laughs> <laughs> offense, you start you start offensively with a new quarterback uh, and then uh, yeah it's interesting you talked about Keaton Mitchell and that, that's the most uh, to me high profile as far as you know what he actually did last year along with Holton Naers but uh you know making the Baltimore Ravens that might be the most secure position on the team. I mean, they truly go five deep with the return of Rajay Harris. And, and when I was out there and talked to Coach Mike Houston, I know he said it in press conferences as well. I mean, he's using the term 100%. So there's, there's nothing holding back with Rajay Harris. Marlon Gunn, Gerald Green in from Georgia Southern, Javius Bond. Um, he told me he's, he's a little bit ahead of where Keaton Mitchell was at that point of his freshman year, which is a pretty high compliment. And then Kamara Edmonds coming on board from UNC. So it's like you've got five deep, but you can't play all five. So that's a good, nice problem to have and great depth. So I think running will be strong. And I think Mason Garcia may run the ball more, too, just because of his physicality, 6'5". He's got speed. He's got the big arm. But, uh, you know, quarterback draws and things like that. I wouldn't be surprised to see him out there, you know, using his feet a little bit, not put him in peril, but, but have that opportunity. Probably the biggest question mark, is just what that offensive line exactly is going to look like with some, you know, guys dinged up in the moment here. Like, you know, what will that five look like? Where will they line up? So I think there's a little bit about just some intrigue about, you know, in what way they'll line up and who's six, who's seven for now. Um, But I think the receivers just need opportunities. I think, you know, you had the 2000 yard guys last year, but now it's time for Josiah Hatfield for Keelan Robinson, Jalen Johnson to do even more Shane Calhoun at the tight end position. So to me, it's like it's their time. You know, they've, they've earned it, and now they get to step up into the roles that some of the guys that we've been talking about from 2022, uh, I think for 2023, they're talented. They just need to get that game experience and show what they can do now.
1: Uh, we're uh, talking to Jim Zoki here. Pirates defensively, uh, you know, with Blake Harrell and the amount of players that ECU plans to play Saturday on the defensive side. Uh, you know i think that is a real underrated facet of, of the pirates really good up front you know some questions at linebacker uh you know i think there are some questions at spots in the secondary but uh from a, you know when we talk about long and athletic and and fast a lot of guys on the ecu defense come to mind
5: yeah, and you've got, uh, as you said, Blake Harrell talking about 60 minutes of hell borrowing from the, the 40 minutes of hell that Nolan Richardson used to unleash with Arkansas basketball. And to do that, to your point, you've got to have depth and rotational guys. And I think there's depth depth on both sides of the ball, but defensively, I think they feel like they're deep enough to, to go two, three deep and, and be able to rotate guys in and have them be multiple at positions uh, so they're a little bit more unpredictable. But, yeah, obviously last year the biggest – Difficulty was stopping the pass. They were good against the run, not as much against the pass. But ironically, two of their best players are in the secondary: Julius Wood, in particular, and Teagan Wilk, two safeties. So yeah, you got some you got some length back there, especially with Julius Wood. And I know they love what Shavon has done in terms of his improvement this off season. Uh, so that's going to come in there. You mentioned linebacker, the improvement of Tyler uh, Taylor Jackson. I think they're excited about that. What will Ra Ra Dilworth bring from North Carolina with B J Davis there? And then you move into that front four, and you know Jeremy Lewis should be primed for another big year with Chad Stevens at the other side, and the two tackles with Deontay and Elijah. So I think they're going to be they're going to be solid. And again, there's that that depth, and there's some intriguing players that maybe we don't talk about so much in the Michigan game, but moving down the road, someone like Sam Danka with his six, thick height and what he could do, dropping into coverage, you know, mucking things up in pass lanes after the quarterback a little bit uh, it's gonna be fun to watch the development of some of these guys getting opportunities
1: jim zoki uh with us uh here jim when you're uh building an anatomy of a game where you're a prohibited uh, underdog coming in what are the things you think the pirates will need to do in order to uh play michigan tough and, and put themselves in a position possibly to uh, to to you know really put a scare into the wolverines or or maybe more
5: well, you know, and of course, we mentioned they had a very you know veteran crew in a lot of ways last year, beginning with Holton Nailers. But that ability to not turn the ball over—I mean, to lead the NCAA, lose two fumbles all year, turn the ball over seven times all year, zero turnovers last seven games—don't beat yourself. You know, don't give up the pick sixes, don't give up the easy things, don't get penalized a bunch. You know, things that you control. We, we here with the Panthers. They, they call it things that don't take talent. <laughs> it's like T N T. You know, you just you just need to not do things wrong that don't take talent. When you're just thinking, you know, mentally, what are the things? False starts. You know, things that uh, that get outside of the cerebral. Uh, and then secondly, you know, just play E C U solid football. You know, what you've been working on is, you know, trying to do a scout team of Michigan, but you can't really replicate that talent. So what you have to do is play your best version of E C U sound football. Do the things that you do well. You do your assignments. We always say you do. You're one out of eleven on the offensive and defensive side. It just takes one guy breaking down to send a whole play uh, out of whack. So you know, just do your one job, and then collectively the rest of it will come together. And don't try to do too much. I mean, don't don't overreact. Don't try to you know overstretch a gap if you're a defender. Things like that. So I think um, that's the best thing they can do is just play good, solid ECU football and that will keep you in a game like this. I would say something like this. I, it, it being realistic, get through the first quarter, yeah. get through halftime. Keep, right. keep it in range. Keep it close. See, John Fox used to do this with the Panthers uh, when he used to love to run the ball. Shorten the game, shorten the clock. Get to the second half, get to the third quarter, and try to steal that game in the fourth quarter. So just to, as long as you can hang in it, you got that puncher's chance, and you're on the road in a tough place. But I think that's probably the formula in a, in a kind of a broader sense.
1: Hey, Zoke, uh, safe travels uh, from Charlotte in and uh, up to Michigan and back, and uh, then back to the Queen City. It's going to be, uh, I hope you've got a car that uh, has really good uh, tires and mileage, uh, gas mileage on it, Zoke, because you're going gonna, you're gonna be uh, to be putting some on there.
5: It's a tank, you know, it's a tank. It'll get through the the storm <laughs> and the weather and
1: all that stuff. I got me a Toyota FJ
5: Cruiser with almost uh, 300,000 miles on it, which ah. may sound like it's a clunker, but. This thing's going to run to like five hundred thousand miles, so I think it's uh, it, it's it's going to run for forever. But anyways, uh, appreciate it, Patrick. Looking forward to having a great call, working with the guys, having a lot of fun up there, and then getting back there for the the home opener versus Marshall. Get to experience an ECU football game and in in that crowd. But a couple of exciting weeks coming up.
1: We'll talk to you next week, Zoe. All right, Patrick. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. There he is, Jim Zoki. We're taking a timeout, and when we come back. We will wrap things up on the Patrick Johnson Show.
0: And now the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P Man here on ninety four three, the game.
1: All right, uh, thanks to Jim Zoki today. Great job by our crew to get that uh, audio turned around quickly. We'll hear from Coach Houston tomorrow. And uh, we'll also have Andrew Bays on the program. So uh, join us on the video stream again if you're so inclined, want to zone out for work before the holiday weekend. You can do that. Uh, we'll be on around uh, 10 tomorrow morning on the video streams and then the show, of course, at 5 o'clock uh, tomorrow. Rose football tomorrow night. Uh, so we've got you covered there. Steve Logan Show, and uh, we've also got uh, that at 5 o'clock. We'll be here at 6 on the radio side, and then Rose Football at 7. Thanks to Philip the Ref Pilkington. Thanks to Jim Zoki, and uh, see you in the morning on Talk of the Town and back here at 5 on the Patrick Johnson Show.